Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet or possibly reconnect with our guest today, who's Nina Mandelson. And if you've been a longtime listener, you've probably heard her here before. In fact, you might have heard her twice. I think she is the first guest ever who I'm having on for a third time. So that should say something about what I think of this amazing woman. Now, before I introduce you to her, I just have one quick announcement, and that is that if you're listening to this in real time, this Friday in two days, I am running a class on planning meals for the fall. Now, if you're listening to this after, I still recommend you go to this page and check it out because most likely I'll be running it again. I have a lot of people asking for this class, so I'll probably run it twice in the next two weeks. But regardless, I'm really trying to run a lot of my workshops live and for free for you all. And so if you go to the page plansimple.com slash workshop, you are likely to see the latest and greatest workshop that I'm offering and hopefully see a date that's coming up. So go check that out. And especially if you're trying to figure out how you're possibly going to make 21 meals a week with all the busyness of the fall and the school year, and that's feeling like this overwhelming task, I'm going to share some strategies and we're actually going to get out some pieces of paper and make a plan so that that part of your life feels a lot more manageable and maybe even fun or relaxing or easy. I don't know. You fill in the blank, but it's not going to feel so hard and overwhelming anymore. Okay. So that's that piece. Go sign up for that. I would love to see you there. Okay. Let's, let me tell you a little bit about Nina and sorry if this is a repeat to anyone, but you just have to hear this story because it's kind of cool. So 10 years ago, when I decided that the most tangible thing I could figure out to maybe get a little bit happier than I was in that moment was to deal with the 85 extra pounds that I was holding on to my body that I had gained through pregnancies and kept through nursing over the course of having three kids in six years and sort of nursing that whole time, right? If I wasn't pregnant, I was nursing. So I was really at the point at this point 10 years ago that I was feeling like I so did not own my body. And so I made this choice one day and I'm told this story many times in different ways, but I made this choice one day that I was going to really commit to this weight because it was the really the most tangible thing I could figure out to why I was so tired and so underwhelmed with life. I was just not feeling happy and I had reached all my dreams. I had these three beautiful kids. I married this most amazing man who I met in high school. We bought our first apartment together. I mean, it all seemed pretty picturesque. It was all just as I wanted. 
but I didn't find myself as happy as I thought it would be. And I definitely was not proud of my body and how I was showing up in the world. So anyway, I set off to tackle this. And I have to say at that moment, you know, in the, before that moment, I had had a lot of hard situations with my body. I was not kind to my body. I had been a big yo-yo dieter since I was nine years old, which is kind of sad. And I just, you know, I definitely, you'll hear Nina talk in this episode. I definitely thought of my body as an it more than a she, and I was not very kind to myself. So this was really a great act of kindness that I decided that I I was going to figure this out. And so one thing led to another, and I, I went into a yoga class and I met the, this woman who's amazing and has also been on the podcast, Taylor, and she really prescribed me what I call my last diet. She helped me really figure out what I needed to take out and what I needed to put in my body. And it was amazing because it was so simple and she really wasn't a cook so at the time. And so it's... It was really helpful to me that she wasn't a cook because she just printed out these pieces of paper that I knew I could handle if she could handle it. And so I basically ate the same thing for, well, probably a couple of months. And it was really boring, but I started to feel amazing very quickly. And if you've heard my story before, you know that it very quickly became about way more than the weight and a lot more about my health. And it was all, it was all awesome. It was so good. But fast forward a couple months in, I really was excited about the new food groups that I was embracing, but I was bored and I wasn't sure what to do. And I was in this predicament where I had these three little kids who were under the age of five and I wasn't at all showing up for them in the food realm the way I should. I was now having all this energy and I was playing with them and I was turning into such a better mom than I had been just a couple months prior, but I was still feeding them crap because I just didn't know what to do. And I, and I knew that they wouldn't eat exactly what I was eating. I was eating like, you know, a lot of nuts and, and raw things at the time. So I decided that I needed to learn and I just literally Googled, you know, vegan gluten-free cooking classes to see if anyone was teaching what it was that I was wanting to learn And right up on Google came up this woman called Nina. And lo and behold, she lived like not even a mile away, maybe two, maybe it was more like two miles away from me, but right here, which doesn't always happen with Google, right? And she was teaching what ended up actually being her last cooking class, like four days after this moment that I was Googling. So I immediately signed up and I found myself in her kitchen and I was so happy. And that was really the moment that I learned how to cook. And I think before that moment, I literally wouldn't even have known what to do if I read a recipe. Like that's how untaught I was. Recipes overwhelm me, but she taught me all these different methods and ways of preparing food that then I could when I saw a recipe, I would be like, oh, that's close to how she did X. And it was just amazing. So that was the context for which I met Nina. And then she shifted her work a little bit and it became a little less about food and a little bit more about this topic that we're going to talk about today, about really loving ourselves, loving our body, and that being the reason for which we feed her great food. And 
I dove in and took a program with her. And it's interesting that, that she was basically the first coach I ever hired. And now whenever I have anything I'm trying to upgrade or change, whether it's my mindset or my business or, you know, I don't know, so many things, how to feng shui my house, <laughs> I always find a coach or a course to work with because I just don't know what I don't know. And I can't always motivate myself, but I'm very driven by showing up for other people and investing in myself and then showing up to that. And so I've done that ever since I, I met Nina. And so I asked her here today for the third time because what she's up to right now is just so important. And the thing that I find my clients and the people who come into the flow world are all grappling with. And we talk a lot about, you know, time management and how to better utilize our time and how to eat better and be more productive and all the things to show up to this life that we want. But very often this thing that Nina talks about really gets in our way. And so that's why I want her here. And she right now is launching a three-week program, so easy, 21 days, not easy because it's, you know, it's work, but she explains it so simply on how to fall back in love with our bodies, how to, when we know all the things, we know all the things that we need to eat, we know all the things we need to do, but there's something that's not happening. There's some disconnect. And it, a lot of times it has to do with how hard we are on ourselves, on our body, on our willpower, on how we show up. And it literally, that thought process makes it so that we don't show up to the things that we know we're supposed to do. We even, it's not even that we know we're supposed to do them. It's like we want to do them, but we have so much body shame that we don't show up to them. So that's what we get into today. And Nina throws out a lot of great tricks and strategies that you can use today to ship this. And in the end, we share her new course, which you can go check out by checking out the link in the show notes um, and see if it's a good fit for you. And if it's not, you'll still get so much out of this episode. And what I share in the middle of it too, and I just can't remember how much I said live, was that anyone who signs up through this link, and I'll see it because I'm an affiliate of hers, I will also do two live sessions where we really figure out, first off, how to fit everything she's teaching into this three-week period, and then how to fit it into life going forward. So that planning aspect, that fitting things into your day part, um, which ends up being so important in keeping any practices going. So that's sort of my gift for anyone who buys through the link, which I share in the show notes. So let's, let me just tell you a little bit more about this wonderful woman, Nina, who's been on the show for three times now. So Nina is a certified holistic health coach. She's a board certified health and wellness coach, and she's a certified psychology of eating coach and teacher. And the other really cool thing about Nina, which you'll see when she speaks and you'll see when you watch her, if you go check her out, is that she also has a master's in counseling and psychology. So she's really been at this for a long time. She's really studied it hard and she's really honest about her own journey within all this. And I, 
she's just such a great person to learn from. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if it calls to you to do a little bit more work in this area, three weeks is such a great amount of time to focus on something. Definitely go check out uh, her new course, which is all about compassionate eating and really being compassionate with ourselves. All right, y'all, with no further ado, let's get Nina on the show. Hey, Nina, welcome back to the Plan Simple podcast. Mm, Thank you, Mia. Such a delight to be here and always just a total thrill to talk to you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We've been talking for the past 20 minutes, not on the air, and I almost (laughs) want to tell the story of your amazing rock climbing, but we might have to do that towards the end. (laughs) Yeah, let's save that one. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's talk about compassionate eating. Yes. Um, And you said something to me earlier that compassionate eating is really about bridging the gap between knowing what to eat and actually doing that. So before we dive in, can we just, can we talk a little bit about the word compassionate and what you mean? Yeah. Um, Let's, let's start there. Yeah. So it's interesting even to think about, like, even before I give the definition, I'd like, I want you and anybody who's listening, like just say that word to yourself, like compassion or even Mm self-compassion and just notice what happens in your body and notice what your thoughts are that go with compassion, right? Because it is a very personal experience. And my experience is a very um, kinesthetic experience. Like when I say the word self-compassion to myself, I soften. Hmm. Right. Because it brings in, and I'm curious before I continue, what happens for you? I get warm. You get warm. Mm-hmm. Right. There's like a, there is, there's a warmth, there's a tenderness, there's a kindness that happens when we bring compassion into the picture, even just the word, right? Compassion, self compassion. It's that self kindness. It's that, um, noticing and honoring that we're a human being. It's really important. I don't know that we do that so often as women, do we? (laughs) No, right? Natural instinct, I don't think. It's for other people it is. We're so good at helping, being compassionate toward others. Right, for our kids, right? Oh, honey, you know, lots of people struggle with this. I totally get it. When I was little, I struck, right? We we lose compassion for our kids, for our friends, right? When our friends have had a failure in life because failure is part of growing and living, we go oh, you know what, this is such an opportunity to like realize where your strengths are and where you want to grow, right? Compassion, right? For ourselves, seeing our own humanity, and eh, not so much. Yeah. Right? Come on, push through. And then, so you add that dynamic of push through, go for it, to our relationship with our food and our body, And you get an intense amount of um, tightness, of restriction, of expectation, of striving, right? Which fits perfectly into our diet culture, which tells us, you know, lose seven pounds in seven days by doing these seven things. Right. Right? So our inner high achiever, our inner um, expectation, 
specter. That's not a word at all, but the one, the part of us, the part we'll use it, right? The part of us that expects so much. She doesn't know self-compassion. She's like, no, no. The way I get to eat the way I feel like I, I deserve or should or want to, and the way that I get my body to be the way I think it should be or the way society tells me it should be, I should have tightness, no self-compassion, no kindness. It's about willpower. It's about perseverance. And it's about restriction. And just to clarify, because I've had, I've had these conversations with you lately Mm -hmm. as well, like this for everyone listening, like, I feel like we think like, that's not me because I'm not doing the latest keto diet or I'm not doing the latest paleo diet or whatever. I'm going Mm -hmm. to my acupuncturist and she's giving me my plan, but we can still do it no matter what, right? Like this isn't about the plan necessarily. This is more about how we're treating ourselves with whatever right. plan we have, even if it's the best plan on the planet. No, and, and absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because often when I talk to women, they're like, I know, I know what I should be doing. You know, I, sh- I know I should be drinking more water or eating more veggies or, you know, keeping my blood sugar balanced. Like I know, yeah. right? We're not, we've, we've lived in our body for a year or two, you know, like we know a thing or two, you yeah. know, we have an embodied lived experience, but to go from that place of, I know to, I actually treat my body in the way that she deserves in the way that she really needs to be really needs to be taken care of there's like a huge gap in there for most of us and I hear it from almost every client that I start working with I know exactly what to do I just don't do it right Right. I know I'm not eating right but I just can't stop right so it's not that we you know like if you know you were going on slim fast we'd have like a conversation like maybe that's not the right way but you know slim fast isn't the way, but you also know that you're not doing the way that really supports you. So that gap in there, often women fill with body management is what I call it. Okay. And that's that place of, okay, tomorrow, right, or Monday, I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start, you know, and I'm not saying that some of these tools aren't great tools, but I'm going to start writing every day, everything I'm going to eat. I'm going to start, um, you know, I'll start, I don't know, maybe Weight Watchers or I'll start this or I'll start that. Or there's this sense of like, I'm going to manage this project of my body, of my food. And that management model does not have long-term success. Okay. And, and will you just, can we step back a little bit into that knowing? Because I feel like, I feel like there's people listening who are going to be like, well, what if I don't know? You know, and Mm -hmm. I I feel like people, maybe people listening have looked at Weight Watchers. Um, my story is I did that when I was nine, so I got yes. through that very quickly. But um, you and me both. But um, but no, but it didn't. I didn't get through it quickly. I did it for decades. Decades. But, but mm-hmm. I played around with you know raw vegan and mm-hmm. you know like totally nurturing things as well. And yes. so I feel like there's other people listening who like they've played around with these 
I, don't, I feel like sometimes the word diet does them disservice just because we have such weird connotations about that yes. word. But they've, you know, right. try, tried different ways, different methodologies that are all fantastic, right? Yep. They're all great. But, yep. but then they're like, well, what if that's not my way? Like, what if I'm not supposed to have beans? What if I'm supposed right. to have animal protein? Like, so what do you say okay. to the person who's yeah. like, what if I don't know? Right. So that's also where compassion comes in. Because when we're being self-compassionate, we're really being in a place of listening. We're really being in a place of relationship with our body. We're be really being in a, in a place of honoring. So when people are like, I don't even know what to eat anymore. And I hear that a lot because we've tried so many different things. Self-compassion is being in that place of, well, honey, what do you need? Like what really feels good? What would really serve you? And sometimes that's a discovery and uncovery process of like, wait, I have to come back to my own body and start trusting her and start listening to her. Oh my gosh, wait, do I know how to do that anymore? I'm so used to somebody else telling me, try right. this, do this, do that. Even if they're great plans, right? We're still used to somebody else telling us what the right thing is. So it is a process of being in relationship and learning that place of compassion and honoring what actually feels good in my own body. And that is not as simple as it sounds because a lot of us live what I call next door to our body, right? Like, oh, let me just I don't know, take her to the gym over there. Let me feed her these things I should feed her. Instead of that sense of we're living in our body, we have an embodied sense of what we actually know about ourselves, feel about ourselves. We can, we can eat something and go, oh yeah, that agrees with me, that doesn't agree with me. That gives me energy, that doesn't give me energy. That makes me feel wired, that makes me feel tired. Right? Those yeah. kind of, that kind of conversation, again, I know I keep using the word relationship because this is what we want is this kind of trusting, listening, honoring relationship with our body because then we get to know, so what does work for me? Yeah. And it's interesting because having done some of this work myself, so having, mm -hmm. having had that question, I just asked you for sure, like, yes. what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Um, What's interesting I find is that when you do get into that place of relationship with your body, if you need more knowledge, if you need more stuff, it, it finds you, right? So like if, yes. if there's something you don't know and you're supposed to find out, you'll figure it out like once you're in relationship with your body. Like, so I, yeah. I think we have to sort of sometimes let go of that fear that we don't know enough because as we enter this relationship, we find out what we need to know. Like, right. Our body starts jumping up and down going, hello, over here, yeah, tummy yeah. ache. Hello, over here, inflammation. Hello, yeah, over here. Yeah. I, you know, I just feel bad about myself. And so often I find with women, because we have tended to do this road of trying to create a sense of body peace and body ease by ourselves, that it hasn't worked, that getting support really really makes a huge difference because yeah. we don't always know those questions to ask. We right. don't always know that some of those, um, you know, aches or pains or emotional um, wounds are actually the way our body is speaking to us. And so we go, oh, that's just the way it is. You know, that's just how 
that's just that's it's always been that way instead of going oh it's always been that way so what do i need to ask my body what do i need to do to support my body's wisdom and knowing to come forward and to be heard and i know right. it can sound i can start to sound woo woo but this is not a woo woo process at all um it's a very grounded path of journeying into being in a very present relationship, which I call being body current. What's happening in my current body? Not the body that I wish I would have for the wedding next summer. Not the body that I wish I had that was like uh, when I was a teenager. Mm. Like being body current is actually very practical and a very like every day, like what is happening? What would nourish me? What's my body saying? It's being in relationship. And when we can be in that relationship and start hearing, then we can start bringing in that place of self-compassion, right? To reel ourselves back to the beginning. We can bring ourselves back to that place of self-compassion and go, okay, with this information that my body's giving me, whether it's this food works for me or this activity is too much for me, or you know what, going for next marathon actually doesn't serve me at all. It's just making my hormones go wackadoodle because it's raising my cortisol so much, right? So just to bring in that whole rock climbing thing, um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of cortisol, so I went rock climbing. My brother, who's a very experienced rock climber, took my daughter and I um, on a very, very hard two-day climbing trip. And um, midway through the second day, we were in a, on a spot on the cliff that we could kind of relax a tiny bit um, because it was bigger than a postage stamp. And, um, and, um, I said to my daughter, I said, Oh my God, I swear on that last pitch when we were climbing, I'm like clinging onto the wall. And I'm like, this is not nourishing. I am in fight or flight. My cortisol is up. My adrenaline is up. She said, Oh my God. She said, you are such a body relationship coach. She said, most people would be swearing at that moment, mom, but you're like, this is not a nourishing experience. I am in panic. So, and that, it really doesn't help you so much. Really? Right. Like that's not going to do great things for my hormones, right? That's yeah. not going to, you know, do great things for the hot flashes or for digestion or any of that, you know, like, no. And I so, think you said such an important thing as well, sorry to interrupt, about like oh. being where your body is. Cause yes. I think that's the thing that's been so interesting what's the right word jarring <laughs> like surprising yes. about just you know age and having children and just how different it can be like there there really are different phases i feel like before kids like not that much changes you know what i mean like there aren't that or you know before your 30s like not that much changes that quickly and then your hormones really do do something and stuff really your body really is different and yeah. You, you, when you start to pay attention, you can see that your body's actually maybe wiser and, you know, just knows what to do in a different way. But, it, but you do have to be present to her or it's hard to see that. <laughs> Absolutely. And what you're bringing up is such an important aspect to our journey as women is being in this changing, ever changing body, because that's the reality of a woman's body. And we do. Our first changes happen when we're 12, 13, when we yeah. go from no, you know, like la, 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 to man, hormones storm, 
right? Yeah. And then again, that sort of settles down. Then we get going in like these the sort of childbearing years, whether we're having kids or we're not, it's a big hormonal surge, yeah. right, of what's possible in our body. Yeah. Then we go through that. And if you do, you know, if you're having um, – you know, babies, then great. Then we've got all the hormones that happen there and nursing, right? There's a whole other stream of hormones. Then afterwards, right? Then there's the huge hormone letdown. Oh my gosh, right? That's so intense. Then later we've got pre-menopause, try that again, pre-menopause, right? Menopause, post-menopause, and it keeps changing. And that is actually one steady thing that we can count on in being in a woman's body is our body will continue to change and to constantly feel like we want to get back to somebody from the past is completely unrealistic right so i have a body that has been on this planet for over 50 years man it looks different than this body when it was in her 20s right the wrinkles the stretch marks the saggy everything's right so how do you create a compassionate relationship with your current body how do you create a compassionate relationship with yourself and your food so that you're feeding yourself in a way that supports this body at this time of life i love it do you do you have a trick you can share with us because i know you're always full of tricks (laughs) start us off yeah So so step one is starting the conversation right? Starting the conversation with your body. And the first thing, even before you start saying anything, listen to the conversation that's currently going on with you and your body, right? Are you looking in the mirror and going, if I could just lose X, Y, and Z, if I could just fit into those you know, those jeans I wore in my 30s, if I could just, right, start listening to the relationship that you currently have, right? Because it's like any journey. If you're trying to get from Boston to New York, it's a little hard to do that if your GPS doesn't know that you're in Boston, right? It can't find the way. So if we're trying to get to that place of self-compassion and kindness with our food and our body, let's figure out where we are. So first thing is just to shine a gentle light of awareness on the current conversation you're having with your body and this is not quite as easy as it sounds because that can sound really painful that conversation Mm. right there are things women say to themselves about their body just so mean right so mean what women call themselves when they look in the mirror or see a reflection in a window or get dressed in the morning so first is to notice that conversation and then what, what I call, like, put a label on it, put a sticker on it. Oh, that's my inner critic, mm-hmm. right? So we want to hear that voice so that we can start then cre- cultivating, creating a new voice of compassion, of kindness, of body honoring, of body respect, of trusting. And mm-hmm. is this just like a conversation in your head? Do you ever recommend people write this out? Like, what does that process look like? It really depends on the person. So some people are like, I'm not journalers. I'm not a journaler. So great. Say it in your head. Say it out loud is very, very powerful. One of the tricks that I've used 
in my relationship with my body is I say things out loud. Like, and, and I'll often say, I'm hungry, and I'll say it out loud. And people are with me are like, okay. And I'm like, no, I, like, I'm not saying it because I need you to do something about it. I'm saying it so that I hear myself say, I'm hungry, and I don't override my hunger and keep rolling. Right. Right. And then be so hungry later that I can't stop eating because I've missed my hunger cue. Right. Or even a dinner, I'll be like, oh, I'm really full. And my daughter will be like, do we all need to know that? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, snarky teenager. Right. But there, but I, I sometimes need to often need to say it out loud so that I hear that internal conversation and don't ignore it, which so many of us do. Well, and, and you're saying that from a place of having done years and years of work. So somebody yes. who might be starting this conversation today, it might be more like, I'm hungry and you stupid idiot. Like, why are you hungry right, right now? You just ate like right hungry that's going to make your butt grow whatever like your story happens yeah. to be right so it's yes. a little bit more dramatic yeah and that's why we want to hear it we want to hear the whole conversation because part of it is the deeper work and i honestly and i'm like not exaggerating this week three different people have emailed me and said you know, I know you're doing this compassionate eating course and I'm not sure if it's the right thing for me because maybe my problems are so deep and so um, there's something going on so much deeper that I've been struggling with food and body for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years and maybe I'm just like a lost cause, mm. right? And there's that feeling of, oh my gosh, these tapes in my head are the truth right? There's no changing it. That critical voice, that mean way that I treat myself, this is just the way it is. And I want to say that's not the truth. That is absolutely not the truth. We all have an, a, a birthright to feel at home in our body, to trust our body, to listen to our body. It's it's possible, but there is, like these women have been emailing me, there's something going on underneath. Yes, there is often pain, trauma, a challenging body story so many of us carry as women that we need to explore to be able to be on a path of healing. Very right. different than fixing or curing, right? We're talking about caring and healing. And that's what creates sustainable change. Right. And I love your word relationship because, and actually I'm going to go back to your next tip because I don't want to leave people hanging with just mm -hmm. bad words. So we're going to get to one more that leaves yeah. people feeling really good. But before we go there, I was just thinking that part of that word relationship is, you know, we understand like with our spouse that we're always working on our relationship, right? And there's like good moments and bad moments and, yeah. you know, amazingness and not so amazingness. And we understand that with our kids at different phases. And I think that with that, like, idea of just wanting to fix how we feel about our bodies, like we are not necessarily in it for the long haul. And so, but it is a long haul because our inner critic doesn't go away. It's just, we learn to like, listen to her differently. Right. Like yes. we'll always, ha like we'll always be in, it's always a dialogue. It's always a relationship. It and has to be a relationship. 
yeah, it was super freeing to me to realize like it wasn't like a 10 day fix. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, this is like forever. And Nina's still, you know, telling herself like, I'm hungry out loud in front of people. I am. <laughs> right. Even if they get snarky with me. Yeah. Um, right. So one thing, so to get to that second tip yeah. is how to be, um, is when, if you hear that, that mean mirror voice is what I often call her when you hear that mean mirror voice is then to bring in some like just name it wow that's so mean Mm. I would like to be kinder with myself just as a like notice the mean and I would like to be kinder just open the door as a possibility Mm -hmm. and then one thing I this is a can I, I, one of the things that I do in addition to working, you know, with women around their relationship with body and food is I actually write about it. So this year I've been writing a lot of um, poetic essays about it. And one that feels uh, very pertinent to this conversation about how do you have this conversation? Oh, are you going to read it? Yeah. Can I read this Yay. one? It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a different one that I talked to you about. It's called, we got the body thing wrong. Cool. Let's do it. Um, so it's called, we got the body thing wrong. We got it wrong because we were taught it was a thing, our body, something to be dealt with, to be managed, to be monitored, to be measured. We got it wrong because our body became it. How could this wondrous collection of cells, wisdom, and energy be an it? It puts our body over there, separate from us. It keeps us from being connected. Your body she, he, they, goddess, is connected to you. She is you. Our parts are all connected, body, mind, soul, spirit, feelings. But she, your body, keeps getting left out. She gets ignored, objectified. She gets managed. Try calling her she, or darling, or lovey, or whatever name you call someone you truly love. Try that and watch a relationship unfold. I love that. We should play like clapping in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really that last tip, right? From going from that place of criticism to, oh, I would like to be kinder. And then, right, try calling her she or darling, or lovey, or whatever name you call someone you love, because that's how that relationship starts to build. I love that. Um, Okay, so I was just, what was I just thinking? I just totally lost my thought. I had like a follow-up thought to that, and it went totally away, because I love listening about this, and this is work that I have so done, so I relate to it, and I know what I was going to say. So when I, someone tipped me off a couple of years ago with that mirror conversation, mm-hmm. um, and this really helped me was, would you ever talk to somebody else that way? Yes. Like imagine telling Absolutely. that to your daughter. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, of course I would never say that to a, like my children. Like that would be the meanest thing ever. Absolutely. And so like, why would I say that to myself? Right. And that right there, that conversation, would I ever say this to my best friend? Would I ever say this to somebody I cared about? Right there, that's part of the work of self-compassion. It's developing self-compassion to realize, oh, compassion exists over here, 
but that's not it. How would I, how would I talk to that person? Yeah, no, I love that. All right. So where are we going to go from here? From here, we're going to tell people that you have this amazing thing coming up. Tell us what it is. Yes. So um, starting in mid-September, I have a really powerful program that dives right into this intersection of relationship with our body, listening to our body, and being kind with our body, specifically around the issue of food and eating. And it's called the Compassionate Eating Course. And it's three weeks of really looking at what are the big obstacles that have that huge gap exist between what we know and what we do right? Between all the good stuff that we know we want to be doing for ourselves and how we actually treat ourselves. So we're going to look at what's keeping that gap so large. And then we're looking at how do we start to heal that gap? How do we bring compassion in there so that we can start to treat ourselves in the way that we truly deserve and we need? I love that. And it's true that you do work with a lot of people who actually might even think of themselves as helping other people with this too, right? Like, I mean, yes. everybody runs into this health coaches and absolutely. And the, well, and, and the long, you know, I've been doing this work, I've been working with women in their relationship with their body for over 25 years. So the longer that I do it, the more I'm working with people, um, you know, coaches who are working with other people because they have such high expectations for themselves right? And, and yoga teachers and other healers who are trying to help other people and start feeling like, well, wait a second, I should be, you know, I don't know, thinner, I should be taller, I should be blonder, whatever, the, you know, whatever the wild expectations that we have of ourselves. So it's, it's really the women that this program is right for are women who kind of have a sense of like, yeah, I kind of like, kind of know what I should be doing, but it's just not happening. Yeah. Okay. So I actually don't share many people's things. <laughs> I mean, people come on the podcast all the time and have their opportunity to share what it is that they're sharing. But um, I don't always get, you know, I don't know everybody well enough to get behind everybody who comes on the podcast. And I just love learning from everybody who comes here. But Nina is an exception because first of all, I think you've now been on the podcast the most out of anybody except me. This is your third time. And if you go back and listen to those episodes that I shared at the beginning, you will know that Nina was one of like pivotal in my health journey via it's my favorite part of the story is that I found her on Google and then realized she lived a mile down the road and (laughs) realized we probably would have met anyway because there's like enough connections but I did like and that's an example actually that is an example of me really listening to my body and like not knowing what the next step was and going to Google and finding a cooking class because my my you know that was back in the days when you were doing more about food and my obstacle in that moment was like I literally didn't think I knew the next step with food and there you were (laughs) so um so and you know and now it's been let's see it's been like over 10 years so Mm-hmm. I've watched you flourish and can stand behind this work a hundred percent. So there is a link in the show notes that can get you all the info you need as Nina um, offers this program. When does it, when is, does it September start? September 18th it starts. Yeah. 
so go, if this resonates, I would recommend going and checking out the page that's in the show notes and, and showing up to that. And I didn't even tell Nina this before, but here we go. I actually don't know that I decided <laughs> this until five minutes ago, <laughs> but I, you know, I've done so much work around food and, you know, t- I say 10 years later, like I met Nina 10 years ago, but you know, the work, I was pretty hard on my body, you know, for my whole life since that nine year old's Weight Watchers moment. <laughs> but, um, but I feel, you know, it's always a relationship. It's always a conversation for sure. Um, but I feel in such a good place right now. And I'm just so grateful for that. And one of the things that I found for me was really a trigger, um, especially in motherhood, <laughs> was just giving myself the time that I needed to show up to do the different kinds of work I needed to do, of which food was a big part of it. Um, yeah. And so that's where my work pivoted to was all about the time. So yeah, for anyone awesome. who's part of this plant simple community and goes and finds Nina through that, um, I will do two sort of time-based calls during the time of her course so that you can make sure you show up to the work. Because one of the things I did early on was I invested in a lot <laughs> because I knew I needed the help, but then I didn't always show up for it. So yeah. my passion right now is to help women really like show up for what they know they need support with. So that will be so our little brilliant. combo. <laughs> Yay. I and love, love the show that. Notes and get that. Okay. So that's oh my what gosh, I got. So brilliant. I love the work that you do. Like it makes, you know, life go. Well, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what I try to do. <laughs> that's what you do. Make life go. Um, okay. So, and that's going to be my new tagline. We make life go. Mm-hmm. So is there any closing thing that you want to um, share with everyone listening or? Yeah, I want to say that no matter how bad you're feeling about your body, it doesn't have to be that way. You can feel good in your own skin. You can feel at home in your own body. It is possible. Mm, I love that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Such an honor. Such an honor. Always a delight to talk to you. Oh my God. I love it. And it's in, in real life fashion. My son is at the door ringing the doorbell and somehow he's been locked he out. Of course. That's <laughs> how it rolls. Right? That's oh my God. Life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so but we finished. So it's all good. Okay, so thank good. you. Thank you. All right. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where real change happens. But the cool thing is, is that your actions don't have to be huge. You can do one little thing at a time and over time they truly add up. And this is coming from someone who used to dive into everything all at once and then go for a day, a week, a month, and then something would happen and I would be back to ground zero. So ever since I adapted this philosophy of one doable change at a time, life has been quite different. So from this episode, Nina shared three great doable changes that we've extracted. I'm sure she changed more, but I always like to share three. Uh, They're just the ones that I feel like are the most meaningful. And I do that though, with the intention that you're going to choose one, the one thing that you'll focus on this week, you're welcome to jot down the others and focus on them another week. But I highly recommend really focusing on one thing, making a commitment to it, 
playing with it, experimenting with it, getting it in your calendar, fitting it around your life and really making it your own, because that is the way that at the end of a year, you will truly have some new habits. All right. So number one, listen to your mean mirror voice. Ooh, this is such a good concept. So to start being more compassionate with yourself, start by simply listening to the conversation that is currently going on with you and your body. Notice that conversation and put a label on it. Oh, that's my inner critic or that's my mean mirror voice. We need to hear that voice so that we can start to cultivate a voice of compassion or kindness toward ourselves. So we're going to start to figure out that that voice might not be true and that there's this other voice that might be more true. And this practice has really been impactful in my own life. So I highly recommend this experiment for a week. Okay. Number two, call your body by a loving name. It's so interesting, this one to me, because at the beginning, when I first started talking about my body and first started hearing people like Nina talk and refer to our bodies as she, I wasn't quite sure what I thought about that. But as long as I really started being kinder, I started seeing how everything Nina shared today is so true. So to get into relationship with your body... Stop referring to your body as it or not its. It might not be she, but it shouldn't be it. So start talking to yourself kindly using the word darling or lovey or some other name you'd use with someone that you love. All right, that one is powerful. Number three, ask, would I say that to somebody else? When you find yourself talking critically to yourself, ask, would I say that to my daughter? Or would I say that to a friend? Or what would I do if I heard somebody else say that to my daughter or a friend? Use those cues to help you find a kinder way to talk to yourself. Now, All of these are amazing doable changes. They're amazing prompts. They definitely take practice. They sound so simple, but they really do have to be something that you focus on. So pick one of those and really experiment it for a week. And I can't wait to hear how it goes. Now, if in the meantime, you know you want more support, as I shared at the beginning, I am an affiliate for Nina's program. I don't do this for many people, but I really believe in what Nina has to offer. And I find that this relationship or lack of relationship with our bodies is something that really gets in the way of the work that I do. So I love that she's helping solve this problem um, in a really holistic and kind way. Nina is literally the kindest person. So if you have any questions, shoot me an email, Mia at uh, Plan Simple Meals. I'm forgetting my email for a sec, Mia at Plan Simple Meals. Or there's a link in the show notes where you can link through. And if you link through that note, that link, then I will know that you're from my community and you will also get my bonus for this course. So that's a way to make sure you do that. If for some reason you do something else by mistake, don't worry, just send me an email. But that is a way that I can can know who, who comes through. All right, that is a wrap, and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.